Mighty most deaf. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. I'll revolve around science. What are we talking about here? What's up, Duke Nation? Welcome to another Duke by the Numbers. I'm Russell, a.k.a. Duke Better on Twitter. You're killing me, guys. <laughs> let's let's start there. You're killing me on the Twitter, okay? Uh, okay, let me start even before the fact that you're killing me. Thanks to everybody who's following for the first time. I know that we got uh, a lot of traction uh, on my Twitter account, and I think Ryan and Zion probably did too after the very unfortunate way that the ACC tournament unfolded. We did the live uh, after the (laughs) Virginia Tech game, and I kind of ranted. Your boy kind of ranted a little bit. He kind of ranted and raved. Uh, but a lot of you apparently liked it because, uh, the follower numbers are way up and the, uh, podcast listens are way up. So I'm glad you liked it. I wish I didn't have to rant. I wish I could be, (laughs) I wish I could be placid and calm and cool and collected and feeling fine. But, uh, it's, there's some red flags out there. We're, we're going to get to it when we talk about the bracket. Um, but let's just start with the thing that I've been talking about for the past 24 hours or so on my Twitter. Some of y'all are probably sick about it. This is my final word on it. You're not going to see me continue to talk about it. Duke getting a two seed. Am I thrilled? Yes. (laughs) Am I overjoyed? Yes. Is it so much better than getting a three seed? Yes. Did we deserve a two-seed over Tennessee? No! (laughs) And so many of you, because you love Duke, and God bless you, so many of you are out here trying to justify the committee's decision for why they put Duke on the two-line and Tennessee on the three-line. There's no justification for it. Just because you like Duke doesn't mean you have to justify when we get a favorable action uh, granted to us from on high uh, that we did not deserve. And we did not deserve a two-seed over Tennessee. Some of the arguments that I'm seeing on on Twitter are just baffling because they're so easily checkable. Like, I, you know, you guys, if we're going to... If we're going to do this on Twitter and you want to try to justify Duke over Tennessee, you've got to come up with something that's not easily disprovable for instance but russell duke won the regular season title that stands for something no dude it doesn't right last year the acc winner got a four seed last year the big 10 or this year forget last year this year the winners of the big 10 three seeds three seed and four seed actually illinois was the co-winner I mean, go go back. Big East winner was a four seed last year. I mean, like, it, it's just so provable. <laughs> so we don't need to argue it. Another one that just absolutely killed me. But, Russell, the committee never places a third place regular season conference team as a top two seed. Provably false. Do you know how many times the ACC has gotten three number one seeds, much less three top two seeds? The Big, e, the Big Ten had four top two seeds last year tournament so the fourth place team was a top two seed these are just easily disprovable claims guys like work a little harder (laughs) you know another one that i saw that i 
actually do think is interesting and requires some context. But, Russell, Duke won a higher percentage of its quad one games than Tennessee. You know, they acknowledge, hey, Tennessee played a harder schedule, but also they lost more quad one games than we did, uh, won a lower percentage. Okay, fair, but let's let's unpack that for a minute, okay? If you shot 10 free throws and made seven of them, okay, and I shot... I'm going to exaggerate it for the purposes of of the point I'm making. If I shot 100 free throws and made 65 of them, who's the better free throw shooter? The person that went 7 for 10 or the person who went 65 for 100? Who do you feel more faith in would win if both parties shot 100 free throws? Because I got news for you. If you're going with the higher volume... A lower percent at a much higher volume is better than a slightly higher percent at a notably lower volume. So if we were, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, if we were 6-2, and two, does that sound right? 6-3, and 6-2, and two, I don't have them in front of me. 5-2 and two going into the ACC tournament in quad one games, and they were 9-7 and seven going into the SEC tournament. Winning 9 out of 16 is more impressive than winning 5 out of 7. Like, it, it just is. Like, I I don't know how to explain that beyond the example with the free throws, but you've just got to consider that if you're playing more games and winning a slightly lower percentage, that is still more impressive. Because the smaller the sample, the more variance comes into play. Look, Tennessee had the stronger strength of schedule. They had 11 quad one wins, the second most in the NCAA. They had no sub quad one losses. We had two quad two losses and a quad three loss. Do those just not matter at all? I mean, I guess not. Great for us this time. Might be bad for us in the future. Right? I, I, I saw Joe Lenardi said that Sunday games don't matter. It seems like Saturday games also just didn't matter at all. Because after Saturday, Tennessee got that huge win, neutral floor, against Kentucky. Right? That's their 10th quad one win. That would, put them, that would have put them at, at the third most in NCAA. Then they won again on Sunday, and now they have the second most quad one wins in the NCAA. But even the third most quad one wins in the NCAA on Saturday, and one more loss than us with no bad losses, I mean, that's that's hard to overlook. And the reason why you should care, you're, you're sitting there going, Russell, shut up about the Tennessee thing. The reason why you shouldn't shut up about it is because this won't always benefit us, right? We got lucky this year with the benefit Saints be praised, right? Like, I'm really happy about that for reasons we're going to get into when we look at the bracket. But, like, you just, you, you can't be happy about a system that is inherently broken. If they're actually not using Saturday and Sunday games, well, then why do the conference tournaments even matter other than for uh, at-large teams to become automatic bid teams? Like, if they don't help determine your seed at all, then, like, what's what's the point of it? Like, why did Tennessee, if they if they knew going into Friday that they were going to be a three seed and there was nothing that they could do to change that, why would they risk Kennedy Chandler spraining his ankle? Why would they just not, like, bench him? Oh, because they want to win the conference tournament? Okay. But, like, how does that change the big goal? They're, they're a genuine title contender this year, you know? So are they going to risk the possibility of a title run because they want to play two really hard games on a neutral court, two hard physical games that are not going to impact their seeding at all. 
Like, what are we doing, guys? What's going on? <laughs> There's going to be a year where Duke is the team with the stronger strength of schedule that lost more games, and then we win the ACC tournament, and then we don't move up a seed line as a result of it because the committee is so lazy. And God bless, how incredibly lazy are they? All the bracketologists on the internet are changing their brackets Saturday night. They're changing their brackets Sunday after the first couple of games. You're telling me the committee can't adjust? They can't have contingency plans set? They just don't give a shit about the Saturday and Sunday games? That's bonkers, guys. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to end badly for us sooner rather than later because the ACC will not always be down. So you should care. It is very unlikely that we will have the low strength of schedule you know, good good results like we did this year and, and benefit from this insanity in the future. So don't attempt to justify it online would be my guess of, of what you should do and how you should proceed. Talk about it. Say, yeah, we're very happy we got a two seed. We got lucky. Tennessee should have gotten it. That said, we're going to be very appreciative of this gift and we're going to laugh that everybody is apoplectic about it <laughs> because we are the benefactor this time. But also the system needs to change. The system just needs to change. We will not always be the benefactor. So think about that, guys. Enough about that. Let's talk about the bracket. Um, I want to do a whole bracket breakdown here. I want to talk about Duke. And then I also just want to talk about how to win your bracket pool. Uh, I think that that's advice that a lot of people are really interested in. Um, let's start with the bracket pool stuff so that then we can we can chat about Duke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease it out a little bit and make you listen, I guess. I don't know. Um Look, my advice that, that tends to work very well for me is you want to identify your teams that you feel are the most likely NCAA tournament winners right away. You want to pick like five or six teams. You just want to pencil them all the way through, right? What you want to do is try to pick upsets where it doesn't matter. Like let's say, for instance, um, I have Gonzaga going to the Elite Eight, and I do. If I have Gonzaga going to the Elite Eight, does it matter whether I have UConn beating New Mexico State or New Mexico State beating UConn? Like, not really, right? Because they're not one of my teams that's going to the finals, the Final Four, the Elite Eight anyway. I already know that they're gone. Especially if there's a team you feel really good is going to the Sweet 16. Like, I think Houston is a... <laughs> this might be an unpopular opinion because people like UAB. I think Houston is a mortal lock for the Sweet 16. So then why would I care if Illinois beats Chattanooga? Why not bet on Chattanooga to beat Illinois? A, because I think it really could happen. And B, even if it doesn't happen, if I think Houston would beat Illinois anyway, it's not impacting the the most important end game of my bracket. So I think pick those upsets early. Pick them against teams you don't really have a lot of faith in anyway. And pick them in parts of the bracket where like ultimately you just think that this team will be in the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16. So you know, what happens to the other teams doesn't really matter, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. Um, I'm, I also did no prep for this. We're just we're just jumping right into it. And yeah, I, I think there's only a few teams that we realistically could claim uh, will win the title. Lean on one and two seeds. Don't get too cute. Like, maybe you want to try and get a little cute every once in a while. Put, like, a five seed in the final four or something. Okay, like, if you want to do that, God bless. But big upsets late in the game happen very infrequently. And so one of the big reasons why I've been hammering, <laughs> yammering, and hammering, all of the ammerings, also stammering, 
<laughs> Why I've been saying a two seed is more important than a three seed. Two seeds, 45% of the time, make it to the Elite Eight. Three seeds, 25% of the time, get to the Elite Eight. That is a colossal difference. You just you can't ignore that difference. That's a 20% difference. So if three seeds are only making it to the Elite Eight 25% of the time, how often do you think they're making it to the Final Four? Not very often, right? And so how often do you think the four seeds and five seeds are making it to the Final Four? Way less often, right? So if... You really want to win your bracket pool. Like, at least three of your final four need to be one seeds and two seeds. And frankly, I think at least two of them need to be one seeds. Don't get that cute with the end round stuff. Get cute with the early round stuff. That's always where the biggest, most exciting, most awesome upsets tend to happen. Very rarely does an Oregon State almost, you know, go to the final four. Like, that, it's, it's so fluky, and you're never going to predict those anyway. Unless you're an Oregon State fan and you're just a homer, in which case, God bless, you had a hell of a year last year. But, uh, like, I wouldn't bet my bracket pool on that, you know. So the other piece of advice that I think is pretty important is that a play-in team uh, at the uh, at the 12 seed or the 11 seed, always uh, one of them always wins at least a game. And then I think their rate at getting to the Sweet 16 is pretty high as well. I don't remember the exact numbers, but winning a game feels good. I, I tell you what, I really like whoever wins Rutgers Notre Dame to beat Alabama. I'll tell you that right now. I don't think Indiana's beaten St. Mary's. I don't think Wyoming's beating St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's is awesome. Um, but picking Alabama to lose because they happen to draw a play-in team and they're not as studly as St. Mary's, I feel really, really good about that. And frankly, because a play-in team makes it to the Sweet 16 a lot, let's say it's Notre Dame. Texas Tech plays pack line defense. Texas Tech packs it in. They play physical. They play hard. They don't want teams driving it in. Well, Notre Dame doesn't want to drive it in anyway. They just want to shoot over the top. So if you want to create a universe in which Texas Tech does not make it to the Sweet 16, which I think would benefit Duke a great deal, then maybe that's your path. Uh, I, I don't know. That's not what I'm going to put in my bracket, but I do think that that's an interesting play. Um, who are who are my title contenders? Uh, Gonzaga, I really like. Arizona, I like. Baylor, I like. Kentucky, I like. Uh, Auburn's a little up and down. I like them. Uh, Tennessee, I do like. Uh, Villanova, I think, has a slight talent disadvantage, but they're very well coached. Uh, Duke... Certainly, if they are on, they can do it. And I tell you what, Texas Tech, I think, is a genuine title contender as well. I, I think we drew the the toughest three seed. So let's let's get to our side of the bracket, and then you know I can sort of color in the rest of it from there. Um, I don't love our second weekend, but I do think that our first weekend is relatively favorable, and I think that that really really matters. I mean, if you look at Look at Tennessee. People were like, Tennessee got a better bracket. Dude, no. Like, Longwood versus Cal State Fullerton is not close, right? Like, a Tennessee is a, a 92% favorite via Ken Palm. Oh, Cal, they like Cal State Fullerton on Ken Palm a little more than I do. I think the matchup with Cal State Fullerton is great for Duke. I'll put it that way. And I think that the matchup with Longwood, a Longwood team that really wants to shoot threes. I mean, they're top 6% uh, top 6 in the country in three-point percentage. 
top 20 in the country in offensive rebounding. They play a, a slightly slower uh, tempo. I, I think those are the sorts of things that would really give Duke fits. Whereas our first opponent, Cal State Fullerton, yeah, they're going to slow it down a little bit, but like they don't shoot at all. They're a really bad jump shooting team. Um, they take fewer threes than most any team in the field. They shoot below average at, at those threes. Uh, they want to score by getting to the line. They're a good free throw shooting team. They want to get to the line. They want to draw fouls. They want to win at the free throw line. Duke just doesn't foul. Like Duke's not a, a fouling defense. When in fact, we're second in the country in terms of fouling the least. So I think that's a really bad matchup for Cal State Fullerton. Like you, you have to make jump shots against Duke. You have to get Duke in uh, some actions that uh, I, I just don't know that Cal State Fullerton is going to be able to do. They're also not an especially tall team. Uh, you know, their front line is six seven, six eight. Uh, but they're also not a team that that really like spreads the floor and and plays five out like a like a Virginia Tech for instance. So I really like our first round matchup compared to Tennessee. I I, I think that's a big big thing that people are overlooking that a 14 seed beats a three seed 10 percent more often than a 15 seed beats a two seed. Like that's a that may not sound like a lot. That's a big difference over time. So then we get to the second round. MSU or Davidson, I, I, I'm not famous last words, I guess, but I'm not that scared of Michigan State. I, I just don't think they're that good. Yeah, they're like they're tough. They've got some some guys that could certainly do some damage we've seen in the past. When they get hot, they can do some things. They lost a lot of games this year, especially down the stretch. I mean, they lost, uh, what, like seven of their last 12 um, they're, they're, I know that we limped across the finish line a little bit. Michigan State really limped across the finish line. I'd be pretty surprised if Davidson did not beat Michigan State. Uh, I'm definitely going to bet on Davidson. Um, Davidson is a dangerous matchup for us. I, I don't think there's any question in that. Um, they don't turn the ball over. They shoot the ball really, really well. They're a great defensive rebounding team. Uh, Bob McKillop just teaches fundamental basketball. They slow the tempo because they know that they're not more athletic or, you know, uh, big time in terms of size than others guys. They do have some, you know, uh, they got some serious talent in there. Obviously, Foster Lawyer is going to have a, a bit of a revenge game against Michigan State. Um, he's been great this year. Lee is great. Uh, Luca, their big man, real good. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough game. I don't think there's any question that it will be a difficult game. I, I also just don't think that Davidson has beaten a team as difficult as Duke, and they certainly haven't played a team remotely as athletic or, or sizable as Duke. So, yeah, they'll have to make their jump shots. And honestly, if they're making their jump shots like that, then, like, then they're just going to win. You know, like, <laughs> if any team just makes their jump shots against us, then, then they'll win. I think if we can run them off the three-point line, uh, which until recently we'd been doing a very, very good job at, then I like our odds. It's once we get to Texas Tech that things uh, get dicey. Uh, I know I said on the live with Zion and Ryan uh, the other night, I'm gonna, my final four picks are going to be the same as they were then. They oddly have not changed. Normally I just go impulse and then change them. I kind of like my impulses here. Um, Texas Tech is tough, man. I mean, first of all, one of the one of the great coaches in college basketball today, Mark Adams, number one defense in the country. They're very experienced, top fifty in experience uh, in NCAA. They play a deep bench, uh, top forty in bench minutes in the NCAA. 
they turn teams over. They are top 10 in the country in turning teams over. They hit the offensive glass really well. Uh, They're a good uh, interior defense because, like, look, at the end of the day, they're a pack line. They want teams to beat them by shooting over the top. They are, they, in fact, they give up a higher rate of three-point attempts than almost any other team in the country. But because they're long and they're physical and they're athletic and they're mobile, it's really hard to get off like lots of clean attempts. Like their their three-point defense percentage is still pretty good because they contest. They play good fundamental defense, and more importantly, they just like they play tough. They play hard. They play physical. They're sons of bitches. Like if you if you watch those games. Those games are battles. Those games are absolute wars. Like, I I know there's arguments that we could beat Texas Tech, A, because when we get hot shooting the three, we can definitely beat a pack line team. Like, there's no question. Texas Tech is not a good offensive team. Uh, they're really not. Um, they definitely struggle to shoot the ball. You know, I, I think I tweeted the, uh, the other day. I said, Texas Tech answers the question, what if Virginia was good? And and I and I stand by that. It really is just like a like Virginia on steroids kind of situation where they're going to slow us down. Uh, they're going to get grimy. They're going to try to bully us. Um, they will turn the ball over a lot. They're going to miss a lot of jump shots. It's going to be an under game, right? It's going to be like a you know sixty to fifty six kind of game or whatever. Uh, I I think that if Duke is defending the way that they have been defending, then we're going to give them a lot of clean looks. They're going to stymie our offense. We're certainly not going to be able to dribble drive much on them or get Paolo and Mark getting clean looks in the paint. That's a real tough matchup, guys. I, I think that Texas Tech would probably be favored in Vegas. They're certainly higher than us in the predictive metrics uh, right now in the predictive rankings. Like It would probably open it like Texas Tech as a one-point favorite would be my guess. Uh, I think it's a really disadvantageous matchup. Uh, I think if we were being honest, Texas Tech is probably the favorite to win that game just based on matchup. That said, if you're filling out your bracket pool, first of all, it's hard to not pick Duke when you're doing your bracket pool because you want to you wanna have them go all the way, right? The other thing is I bet that Texas Tech over Duke is going to be a very popular pick. And that gets to another point that I was going to make about bracket pools in general you kind of want to have at least one deep run from a team that you think other people just won't have. Like last year, I won my bracket pool. I had Houston. I had three of the final four, and I did have Houston in there uh, because I really believed in Houston, and a lot of other people I knew just didn't believe in Houston that much. So you can find teams that you think won't be loved on sort of a national spectrum, Duke is not going to be a popular favorite for the Final Four. I mean, between Texas Tech and Gonzaga, that is an absolute gauntlet. I think people are fair to question Duke's ability to make it to the Final Four there. Not to say they can't do it. They obviously can. But to say that it is below a coin flip chance that they can do it. So, maybe that means you take Duke in your bracket pool. Uh, I'm not telling you what to do. I think... It's hard if I'm being objective to see Duke beating Texas Tech unless like we're shooting 45% from three, which we could do. We've done it before. We beat we beat some teams this year who wanted to pack it in with us because we shot jump shots. We just also saw a lot of games this year where jump shots were falling early 
and then we just kept shooting and shooting even though we kept missing and missing and then and then we got in trouble and i if we do that against texas tech i think it's going to be problems i'm less concerned about a gonzaga rematch if we can make it past texas tech um i think a lot of people go by the old line oh it's hard to beat a team twice Gonzaga just doesn't have a lot of the stuff that really gives us fits other than the fact that they're very, very well coached. Um, they're, they're not especially physical. Drew Timmy is going to have, uh, you know, some issues in terms of what he can do defensively while he's on the floor. Uh, I think our guards match up halfway decently with their guards, um, especially if our defense is locked in and Paolo is, is playing the sort of motivated game that he played against Chet the time before. I think Texas Tech is a tougher matchup for us than Gonzaga. So if we can make it past Texas Tech, I do think we make the Final Four. It's it's just that that's the question, isn't it? You know, that's real, real tough. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, like, teams that I think could upset Gonzaga in the top half of the bracket, my instinct is none. Uh, like, Memphis does have a lot of physicality. But I don't. I don't even know if I believe in them to get past Boise State, UConn, and Arkansas. I think both uh, have among the toughest, like upset, special Cinderella types of opponents in New Mexico State and Vermont. Um, I just don't know how much I believe in either of them. So I mean, that's a that's another thing too. Like if you think that, like, let's say that you were certain that UConn would beat Gonzaga, you when you're filling out your bracket have to ask yourself, well, what are the odds UConn makes it to Gonzaga? Like, playing New Mexico State for UConn, that is that is no easy ask. Uh, you know, they're a 71% chance to proceed via Ken Palm. They're about a six-point favorite. That's not a lot. And then they'd be an underdog versus Arkansas, almost certainly. Eh, no, I take that back. It might be just like a pick'em game. But either way, that's a really tough draw. So you want to pick teams to advance that you think just – match up really well or that you really believe won't beat themselves at any point so I mean teams that I really like to proceed in that regard are teams like Houston I love Houston they won't beat themselves I don't think St. Mary's will beat themselves um I mean there's really I I think that Tennessee at least in their part of the bracket probably won't beat themselves yeah Texas Tech does turn it over I, I Auburn definitely can get a little loosey-goosey, but I do think for their part of the bracket, their athleticism advantage and just, you know, their general talent advantage is really, really big. Um, so I'd, I feel pretty good about them too. Let's let's go down the other parts of the bracket real quick, and then I'll come back to the West, okay? Um, in the South, Arizona, uh, look, I'm just going to tell you, I'm a – <laughs> I'm in the tank for Arizona. I have a plus 6,000 futures bet on Arizona. I really, really, really want Arizona to win if Duke does not win. They are going to be the team I'm rooting for. Uh, and I think they're really, really good. Um, I just think they're really, really good on top of it. Uh, Seton Hall, TCU, if Bryce Aiken isn't playing, I, I have no faith in Seton Hall. TCU really took it to Kansas multiple times. Uh, I think they're real gritty. I, their coach is really good. Um, I like TCU to advance. I like Arizona to beat TCU. Houston, Alabama, Birmingham. I think Alabama, Birmingham, because they were so fun to watch uh, in the conference tournament, is going to be a really popular 5-12 upset pick. I, I don't think Houston is that team to to get toppled over like that. Like Kelvin Sampson is probably one of the premier coaches in NCAA basketball. 
uh, very experienced. They they just they're so smart. And UAB, I don't know that like you. UAB is like chaos fun. They're not they're not careful precision fun. So I, I just think Houston's the sort of team that beats a team like that. I, I definitely pick Houston. Illinois Chattanooga. First of all, I love Chattanooga. Really, really good team. Very well coached. Uh, Illinois, uh, I think, is probably being a little underrated. That said, I, their stats with Andre Curbelo on the floor are not very good. Uh, I don't like Andre Curbelo in terms of being a precise player at this point in his career. Uh, he's incredibly talented, and if he goes off, forget about it. But if I can't have faith in Andre Curbelo, and Silvio D'Souza, who you may remember is the guy who tried to whack someone with a chair from Kansas, he's Chattanooga's big man. He's got enough weight and muscle to deal with Kofi Coburn to some extent, I would think. They're going to slow the game down. They're going to play you know, efficient, careful ball. Uh, they beat VCU on the road earlier this year, so it's not like they're you know completely hapless. Uh, they at least hung around you know with Murray State until Murray State blew them open. Um, and again, that was on the road. I think Chattanooga is the real deal. I'm going to take Chattanooga over Illinois. That's my first upset pick here. Colorado State, Michigan. Um, you know, Michigan has a talent advantage, but I I really like Colorado State's coach. Um, and I'm going to have Tennessee advancing anyway. This is one of those situations where, like, I, I don't feel too compelled to be very wishy-washy over which team I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with my gut because I'm going to have whichever team lose in the next round anyway. I like Colorado State to advance. I also think that Michigan, if I recall correctly, I think Michigan was favored by Vegas over Colorado State when the line opened. I mean, that's a lot of motivation for Colorado State. I, I I like them to advance. Tennessee over Longwood. Yeah, Longwood could get really hot. There's no question. Rick Barnes' teams sometimes do falter in the tournament. I like Tennessee. Uh, I think they've just they've got it going right now. Uh, Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago, slam dunk Loyola, Chicago. Ohio State has looked terrible recently. They have completely fallen apart. The team that beat Duke is is dead and buried. They have a lot of injury concerns. Their defense is abhorrent. Uh, and yeah, Loyola, Chicago just doesn't beat themselves. Uh, I'm gonna go Loyola, Chicago there. Villanova, Delaware. Love the matchup because uh, Delaware, one of the their main players, is a former Villanova guy. This is another reason why the committee needs to go. They like so clearly set up <laughs> these narratives every single year. Like Michigan State being with Davidson, where the transfer is there. Villanova, Delaware. It's just so dumb. Anyway, I like Villanova. Uh, I like Villanova to beat Loyola Chicago, although I think that would be a very interesting matchup, needless to say. Um, and then I think I just am going to take Tennessee beyond Villanova. I, I don't know that I like that pick. <laughs> to go to the Elite Eight just because, again, Rick Barnes's uh, track record is not necessarily sterling. But, I mean, they move the ball real well. They shoot pretty well. They offensive rebound. They've got a good – they got good players. And, like, Villanova – I alluded to this earlier. They just don't have any future NBA players on this team. Like, uh, they just don't. The, the talent, I think, is somewhat lacking. Gillespie is a very composed player. They're not going to beat themselves – you know, all all the people who were telling me the other day, Duke needs to be more like Villanova in terms of how they recruit. Yeah, dude, do you really want to, like, go into the tournament with a very low ceiling because ultimately at the end of the day, like, 
you just you don't have bodies like that. They're smart. They don't turn it over. They did beat Tennessee earlier in the year, but like Tennessee wasn't Tennessee at that point. Um, obviously, early in the year with a guy like Kennedy Chandler, a freshman point guard versus Gillespie. I mean, like, you know, what are you going to do in those situations? I, I don't know. Coin flip. Uh, pick your poison there. I, I haven't decided. I might change my mind again. I think that Villanova's path is a little harder to get to the Elite Eight uh, with Loyola Chicago um, and then Tennessee. I just I like their path a little more. So I lean Tennessee just because it's more likely that they play in the Sweet 16 than Villanova, if that makes sense. Let me explain that one more time. I think I glazed over that. If you think that a team if, – if I think Villanova is better than Tennessee, and maybe they are, but I think Villanova is less likely to play in the Sweet 16 than Tennessee is – then doesn't it make more sense for me to just pick Tennessee to go to the Elite Eight? You know what I mean? Like, because I only think Tennessee is losing in the Sweet 16 if they play Villanova. And I think Villanova has a decent chance uh, uh, of losing early to a team like Loyola Chicago compared to Tennessee, who I think could deal with Colorado State or Michigan. So I think I've talked myself into it. I'm going to pick Tennessee for now. Arizona... Uh, over Houston, although that is a really, really tough matchup, especially if Arizona's point guard is not there. Yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on Arizona's uh, point guard's ankle. Uh, he posted a picture of it yesterday. It's appalling. Um, I'm, I'm going to be tempted to pick Houston here. I'm going to go with Arizona for the purposes of my bet and just because their talent advantage is, is really incredible. But I think whoever wins that game, Arizona-Houston, I think they go to the Final Four. I think either Arizona or Houston could beat Tennessee or Villanova. I'm going to have Arizona for now, assuming that the point guard can get back and play a little bit of limited time. Plus, they looked okay without him after he got hurt. Midwest, Kansas over Texas Southern or Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I don't know enough about either of those schools to make a strong decision. It's Kansas. Uh, San Diego State-Creighton. I know Creighton looked awesome against Providence. Dude, San Diego State is the business they are they are gnarly they are physical they are gross um they will just like push your shit back you know uh i like san diego state there uh iowa over richmond sure i was playing really well i know richmond had that big win versus davidson they were also like behind a lot in that conference tournament i'm i was kind of rolling i i i like iowa Providence versus the South Dakota State Jack Bunnies. I like the Jack Bunnies here. Providence has been uh, a very, very lucky team. We've talked a lot on this podcast about the Ken Palm luck metric, uh, how teams perform in close games. Uh, Providence is the luckiest team in the country, uh, and I'm just checking right now. Yeah, it's not even close. They have done way, way better in close games, and generally speaking, you are just you're more likely to regress to the mean in those situations. It's the same reason why I don't really want to pick Colorado State over Tennessee, because Colorado State has been very, very lucky this year. Creighton has been very lucky this year, you know, uh, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I really like uh, South Dakota State here. If you've ever watched them play, it's just so fun. Plus, it's going to set up an Iowa South Dakota State game that is going to be like a 110 to 100 game. It's going to be so awesome. I really, really want that to happen. LSU, Iowa State. Look, LSU just lost their coach. Uh, and Iowa State is another one of these teams that's just kind of like gross and grimy. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like what they're about. I liked what they, how they started this year. They obviously have not been nearly as good uh, down the stretch this year. Um, 
But that said, even down the stretch, I mean, they beat Oklahoma by 20 at home. They beat TCU on the road. Uh, obviously, Texas Tech just completely obliterated them. But they got into single digits at Baylor the week before. I think Iowa State's got some real talent there. Uh, LSU's got talent, too. But with the coaching situation and all that, I, I don't know how I feel. Iowa State is my pick. Um Wisconsin Colgate, Wisconsin, another one of these teams that's real lucky. Plus Johnny Davis, the uh, his ankle injury, he did not look good in the conference tournament. Colgate, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I think you gotta go with a fourteen over three somewhere, and this one is sexy, baby. Um. <laughs> Colgate beat the hell out of Syracuse at Syracuse. Now, that's not saying much because Syracuse sucks. Um, <laughs> they obviously have lost some other games. But they've played a decent slate uh, out of conference. I mean, they played NC State Road. They played Syracuse Road. They played Pittsburgh Road. I know Pittsburgh sucks, but still high major. St. John's Road, Monmouth Road, Vermont Road. Uh, did they lose the majority of those games? Yes, but they are very seasoned. They're a top two shooting team in the country from distance. Um, they shoot over 40% as a team from three. I mean, that's pretty sick, if you ask me. Uh, they've got some experience on board as well, right? Uh, they made it to the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, obviously, they kind of got the brakes beat off them by Arkansas. But, you know, that'll happen. Um, I, 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 I just like their coach. I, I like what they're about. Um, they've made it to the NCAA tournament now. This is their third consecutive tournament. I think they're due, man. Uh, I like Colgate over Wisconsin in a big upset here. Probably the biggest one I have. Uh, USC, Miami, Florida. I'm picking USC. I've talked all year. I think Miami is a complete luck box. Uh, USC, I don't even believe in the coach. I think Larry is a better coach than Enfield. But I think USC has better talent. And I think that Miami, just at the end of the day, your luck's going to run dry at some point. I've got to think. I mean, like, USC's been a pretty lucky team, too, admittedly. But... But, man, it's it's just hard for me to get past how insane the fortune has been from Miami this year, whereas this this USC team, they beat San Diego State neutral court. Uh, they have some good road wins in conference play. Uh, they've got Isaiah Mobley. They've got our boy, Boogie Ellis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Drew Peterson's been shooting the lights out. I like USC there. Uh, and plus, either of them would lose to Auburn. So, again, I shouldn't belabor the point that much. Uh, Auburn over Jacksonville State. I'm not going to think about it that much. I know there's like sort of an interesting, they're both Alabama teams kind of vibe going on there, but like, come on. It, Auburn is just stacked. Uh, I'm going to go Auburn. So then uh, beyond that, Kansas, San Diego state, I tell you what, if you want to have a one seed lose in the first weekend, I like that. I like that one. I don't think I can do that because I don't really know who I like to replace them. Like, to my point earlier, like, which which team do I think is going to replace them? Do I have Iowa going to the Elite Eight? Well, they got to play Richmond. Then they got to play this up-and-down game, South Diego State. That's assuming Providence uh, doesn't make it. Sorry, South Dakota State. All the San Diego States and South Dakota States in one part of the region, unacceptable. Do better, committee. Um, I think Kansas's path is just a little more clear to get to the Elite Eight. So even though I really want to pick San Diego State here, you heard it here first if it happens. If you want to take one, this is the one. Um, but I'm going to go Kansas. I'm going to chicken out. Uh, Iowa, South Dakota State. Boy, I tell you what, I'm tempted by the Jack Bunnies here. Uh, Fran McCaffrey, I don't think has ever made it out of the first round. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. The Jack Bunnies. <laughs> They're the best shooting team in the country. Dude, they shoot 44% from three. Think about that. They shoot 44% from three. They beat Washington State in a semi-away game. Now, they did not beat Alabama on the road. They beat the breaks off Nevada. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I did have Iowa, but now I'm really talking myself into the Jack Bunnies. Um, for the purposes of having fun, I'm going to go South Dakota State over Iowa. South Dakota State, Sweet 16. Midwest, by the way, is going to be, if you're going to pick chaos, this is the bracket. Uh, because the Midwest sucks. <laughs> you can already tell by how many uh, upsets that I have in here. I think Kansas is the weakest one seed by a decent amount. I think that Auburn, you could argue, is accepting Duke. I'd say Auburn is the second least consistent of the two seeds. I think easily the weakest three seed, easily the weakest four seed, uh, second weakest five seed. I, I mean, uh, a six seed where they just lost their coach. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. Um, so I think here's where you can pick some chaos. I'm going to go South Dakota State there. I love it. Um, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm also, I'm also going to pick Colgate. I'm just going to go, this is the offense bracket. I'm going to pick Colgate to the Sweet 16 as well. Let's have some fun. Let's do it. Um, this is the bracket where you're going to have some fun. I'm going to pick Colgate. Auburn goes to the Sweet 16. I think Auburn beats Colgate. I, I don't have much issue with that. I think Kansas beats Iowa or South Dakota State if they make it there. Um, so, yeah, then it sets up Kansas-Auburn. I like Auburn more. I think Walker Kessler can put David McCormick in the dungeon. Uh, I don't – like, uh, Agbaji is good, but, like, the, Auburn's got some defenders. I, I don't know if Agbaji's like, big enough to really deal with Jabari Smith. Um, and Auburn's guards, while erratic, I mean, it's not like Remy Martin's not erratic. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like Auburn here. Um, I mean, I guess Jalen Wilson would be the answer for Kansas. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know. I, I mean, they're just, their defense isn't as good as Auburn's defense. And I think, I just don't know if I trust the offense because it is so much of it depends on David McCormick showing up, playing well. I, I don't I don't know if he can do that against Kessler. So I like Auburn to go to the uh, Final Four for the Midwest. Uh, on to the East, Baylor over Norfolk State. That's an easy one. Uh, UNC Marquette. This is not just because I'm uh, a Duke fan, guys. I, I really like Marquette. I think Marquette's awesome. Um, I know that they did not have a great showing against Creighton, but that Creighton team was also just on one. Um, I don't I don't know how they deal with the pair of wings uh, that Marquette has. Uh, I'm sure that you could make the same argument in the other direction, certainly, uh, as it pertains to their ability to guard uh, Armando Baycott. But, like, I don't know. Marquette plays a pretty good bench. They're pretty inexperienced, true. But, like, I, I just think Justin Lewis is the real deal. Daryl Morsell can easily defend whatever, like, Caleb Love. or I mean, if, if he's on Caleb Love, forget about Caleb Love doing anything, dude. Daryl Morsell is, is one of the better defenders there is out there. Um, and they just run. If UNC wants to run, like, Marquette is very, very comfortable running. They are, they are happy to get up and down. They beat Illinois in a very up-and-down game. Um... They got really up and down with uh, – there was another one that I watched that I really, really liked that was super up and down. 
Um, oh, when they beat Villanova, I mean, again, that was over 70 possessions. They'll take games over 80 possessions. They're just they're just going to ride, um, which, again, I think means Baycott will go for, like, 25. I, I like Marquette here. And plus, spoiler alert, neither of these teams is beating Baylor. I, I've seen some people try to, like, size, oh, well, the, the size of uh, UNC or the uh, – nah, dude. Nah, dude. The the talent on Baylor is is obscene, um, and they have a huge coaching advantage. I like Baylor to make it to the Sweet 16 there. St. Mary's over Wyoming or Indiana. I think Indiana maybe wins. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a real strong feel on that. Indiana's been very up and down. I did like what I saw in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but St. Mary's is is just the real deal. Uh, they battled with Gonzaga. I mean, like they, they will never be outcoached. There might not be a better like X's and O's coach in America than Randy Bennett. Um, so I like St. Mary's here a lot. Uh, UCLA Akron. I I do like Akron as the sort of team that can create some upsets because again they're a team that is going to really slow down the opponent. It just depends on how much you believe in UCLA. I, I I didn't believe in them much last year. I think they got a little lucky in the tournament. I know they've got a lot of talent. Uh, and I know they certainly have the capacity to beat the hell out of some teams. Um, I don't know. This Akron team, I mean, they they performed better at Ohio State than Duke did. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, they beat Wright State on the road very uh, convincingly. Beat Buffalo. Um, swept Buffalo, really. Yeah, I... I don't, I don't really have a great feel for that, frankly, but I, I do think that Akron is the sort of team where if they can slow a team down and dictate tempo, um, then they can do a lot of things. It's not like UCLA plays fast or anything. And they don't really turn the ball over. I, I, I wanted to get cute and pick Akron and talk myself into it. I think you could tell. I'm going to pick UCLA, but I am going to take St. Mary's over UCLA. St. Mary's... I think the three-man weave guys made the point of, like, St. Mary's makes you take and make tough shots, and UCLA is one of the better teams at making tough shots that's out there. But I just I, – I think St. Mary's is dope, and I think UCLA uh, was a bit fluky last year. Um, I think everyone and their cousin in the real world will have UCLA. I'm taking St. Mary's to go uh, play Baylor. Uh, Texas-Virginia Tech. I mean, Texas has just been kind of a mess. I don't really believe in Virginia Tech – much the ACC tournament run notwithstanding I think there was a lot of fortunate shooting there uh that said I think Texas is kind of a mess I'll go Virginia Tech Purdue over Yale uh I mean Yale is a smart team and Purdue does not defend I think that one could get interesting but ultimately I I think the talent advantage that Purdue has uh is pretty wild uh so I'm gonna go with them there Murray State over San Francisco I love the athletes of Murray State uh, San Francisco is really good, really well coached as well. It's a real shame that they put those teams on the same line. Like, they should have divvied them up. That said, I'm glad that Duke doesn't have to face either Murray State or San Francisco. I think that both of those teams are harder than either Michigan State or Davidson. So take that for what you will. Take that for data. Um, <laughs> you remember that guy? Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like Murray state there, Kentucky over St. Peter's, uh, my boy, Jim, who was on the podcast last time I'd asked him about a, a number of 14, 15 seed possibilities. And he said his least favorite was St. Peter's. He said St. Peter's is just bad. Um, they turn teams over a lot. They play pretty good defense, but man, that, that offense is, is pretty dire. Uh, I think Kentucky can smoke them. Uh, then you get to the sweet 16. I, 
Oh, man, I mean Virginia could Virginia Tech can definitely put Purdue in a lot of the same action they put Duke in. Um, boy, now that I'm looking at that, I I just think that Purdue's size. I mean, like I know that that's the argument for why Duke should have beat Virginia Tech and then they didn't. That said, like I think if Duke and Virginia Tech play again, I like Duke, right? So like I can't let that one game dictate how I think about Virginia Tech versus Purdue. I think if you wanted to take Virginia Tech to the uh, Sweet 16, it's not the end of the world because I think we're going to have Kentucky go to the Elite Eight either way. But um, you could get cute there if you want. Uh, I do think Murray State is a very, very interesting matchup for Kentucky. Uh, a really unfortunate draw for them. I'm, sh- I'm, I'll, I'm stunned to hear that John Calipari is complaining about his draw. That never happens. Um, they're the best of the seven seeds by a lot. It's not even remotely close. Uh, and frankly, I kind of think San Francisco might be the best of the 10 seeds. Um, the offensive rebound so well, they're athletic, they're, they're tough. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think, I just kind of think they have bodies to deal with Kentucky and make things interesting. They lost to Auburn at Auburn. They're, they're not especially seasoned in terms of like playing a lot of high major, Teams that did beat Memphis on the road, but that's when Memphis had Imani Bates and was a disaster. I I don't think I can get cute enough to pick Murray State over Kentucky. I'm going to be rooting for it. It'd be a lot of fun to see Murray State go on a run. Because I tell you what, if Murray State can can beat Kentucky, I think there's a real chance they make it to the Elite Eight, uh, maybe even the Final Four. Um, so, you know, you like to pick those games, kind of like that Arizona-Houston game where you're like, this winner, I'm taking all the way. Because then you really just have to – pick that one right hopefully and then the rest of the bracket will fall into place uh i'm gonna pick kentucky to win i'll take kentucky over purdue or virginia tech doesn't matter um i'll have purdue in my bracket probably uh baylor over st mary's although i tell you what if a team is gonna beat baylor st mary's is a pretty good pick um you know they're just they're gonna play so smart they're not gonna let you beat them they're gonna slow baylor down um, they're going to make Baylor, you know, make some mistakes. Baylor's been turnover prone at times. Um, yeah, that one's going to be tough. If you if you wanted to go St. Mary's in the Elite Eight, I, I might get cute and do that. Um, I'm going to have Kentucky go to the Final Four either way. Like, sorry, just the talent is uh, absurd. Um, they've got a great mix of experienced college kids and, and new talent. I, I really like what they're about. So then I'm going to take them. And then in our bracket, you got Gonzaga – uh, that's a given. Although Boise, uh, Georgia State is like should have been a 14 seed. That's a that's a tough first round game for a one seed. Uh, Boise State, Memphis. Uh, I like Boise State. I just don't know if I can completely buy in on Memphis. I know they looked a lot better once they lost to Monty Bates. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just kind of like what uh, Leon Rice is about. Uh, UConn, New Mexico State, Arkansas, Vermont. Like I said earlier in the pod. Gonzaga, I'm going to take the Elite Eight anyway. I think New Mexico State and Vermont are both real good upset specials. I might just pick both. <laughs> I might just straight up pick New Mexico State and Vermont. Um, Arkansas is tough. I mean, they've definitely got some bodies, uh, but like they've they've been kind of up and down this year. Vermont, very consistent. I do think it's hard to win from the America East. Like I think there's only, if I recall correctly, only one team from the America East has won an NCAA turn. A current America East team has won an NCAA tournament game in the last several years. You know who it is. It was UMBC. 
uh, and that was a big one. John Becker's a real good coach. It's just I, I do think it's hard to assess exactly how good they are. They keep getting in as a 13 seed, and they keep losing. Uh, that said, I, I, I don't know if I trust Arkansas, the erraticness of Arkansas. Uh, so I'll go Vermont there, New Mexico State versus Vermont. I don't know, man. Both of those are great. Uh, you know, flip a coin, honestly. Um, let me see what I would actually think about this. I, I, I clearly, like I said, gang, some of these picks I did not make ahead of time. I'm kind of doing this on the fly, uh, changing my mind as I go. Um, New Mexico State, yeah, I mean, they're just – but Vermont. I'm going to go Vermont. Um, I'm going to go Vermont. Uh, New Mexico State, a little luckier, certainly. Um, obviously played a, uh, a tougher schedule than Vermont. Vermont's schedule, very light. Chris Jan's a really good coach for New Mexico State. Um, they're definitely more seasoned. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's just the part of me that really wants Vermont to go, and I'm just going to have, like, teams i'm gonna, I'm gonna have whatever team is here lose to gonzaga anyway so i'll pick vermont whatever i might change my mind later that's where i am now um i'm gonna pick notre dame over alabama pretty straightforward um i'm gonna pick texas tech over montana state my buddy did say montana state was the best of all the 14 seeds um so you know take that for what you will uh MSU Davidson, like I said, Davidson. I'm gonna take Duke. The matchup with for Fullerton is just is too much. Uh, Gonzaga Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. Uh, Texas Tech Sweet 16. Duke Sweet 16. And then again, if I'm using my bracket logic, Duke I think has a harder second round matchup than Texas Tech does. So if I think that that's true, and I think that Texas Tech is probably a favorite over Duke, then if I want the most accurate bracket possible, I'm probably just picking texas tech here i hate to say it i really hate to say it <laughs> but i also want to be objective on this podcast to the best of my ability i think we can win it's just going to take some real shooting and that's that second round game is, is a trap um if i have gonzaga texas tech that's a real interesting game for gonzaga that's a real interesting game for Gonzaga because, again, Texas Tech is going to punch teams in the mouth. Both Duke and Gonzaga have been accused of, you know, quote-unquote softness at times this year. Um, Texas Tech will never be accused of that. <laughs> I'm going to take Gonzaga. I just think they're too good. Um, I think they're too talented. I think Texas Tech gets too uh, dry on offense. They turn the ball over too much sometimes. They'll beat themselves a little bit. I just don't think Gonzaga will do that. So my final four being Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Kentucky. I'm going to have the double Sweet 16 uh, or the double uh, SEC uh, going on there. And then I don't remember who's on what side of the bracket, but I know that right now my championship game would be Gonzaga, Arizona, uh, I think I gotta go Gonzaga in the Battle of the West Coast special, um, but I forget. Hold on, I had the I had the bracket up. Sorry, this is great podcasting, isn't it? Uh, I'm also gonna answer these questions that y'all asked in a second, um, but I just want to make sure that I'm not completely out of the loop here. Yeah, Gonzaga versus Kentucky. I, I just like Gonzaga in that matchup. Like Gonzaga is gonna be more experienced than Kentucky, certainly. Um, and, like, Chet Holmgren is just such a mismatch for, like, what they've got going on down there. I, I think 
Shibuya can eat. Shibuya's a lot stronger than Holmgren, but like they've Gonzaga's also got multiple bodies. I don't I don't know. That might, I mean it could get interesting. Um, Final fours tend to be uh, Arizona Auburn. I mean as long as Crease is playing by then, I trust Arizona more. Um, I just do. I trust the. Co- I mean Bruce Pearl's a great coach. I trust Arizona a little more. Um, Gonzaga Arizona. I've got it Gonzaga. I know that some Duke fans are going to kill me for picking Gonzaga to win it all. I, I do think that the winner of it all is very likely to be from the West. I, I think that if Texas Tech makes it, you could make an argument for Texas Tech to win the title. Um, I think if Duke makes it out, you could certainly argue that Duke would play Gonzaga, who we've beat, Kentucky, who we've beat, and then we've and then we're one game away. So uh, I I don't I don't know, but I love the West. <laughs> I think the West probably has three of the six or seven most likely title contenders in it. Um, I will not pick my title team to be out of the Midwest <laughs> under any circumstance. Uh, I mean, Kentucky could certainly do it uh, if, if they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, I, I like Arizona's upside. Uh, I like Auburn's upside. Uh, I like both of their upsides a little more than Kentucky's. Kentucky's just going to be a little more careful, a little more precise. Um, but a little less experienced um, than some of those guys. Arizona's pretty inexperienced too, actually. Um, you know, so is Auburn. <laughs> this is another reason why I like Gonzaga. They're just like returning some guys who played some real, real games. Most of the most talented teams this year um, just aren't the most experienced teams. Uh, but Gonzaga's got some good experience returning, obviously, from their uh, title game run last year. And then obviously Texas Tech uh, is pretty experienced as well. Um, that's my bracket gang. Uh, again, stick to ones and two seeds. Maybe you can get cute with one of them. Like I said, Texas tech final four is not a bad idea. Houston final four, not a bad idea. If you really wanted to get slick, you could talk me into San Diego state, but I I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) I think that's getting too cute. I think you could be, you could talk me into St. Mary's. You could certainly talk me into St. Mary's. Uh, but ultimately, if you want to be safe, those are those are your squads, I would think. Um, let me answer some questions real quick. Uh, I asked. I shall answer. I shall provide. This podcast is going a little long because I did not prepare. <laughs> oh, the ranting. Uh, what are the chances Duke can beat Texas Tech? Uh, asks Owen Benfield. What's up, Owen? Um, not zero. I mean, like, I think... 48%. It's going to be really close, and I think we're a slight underdog. Um, that's really, It's just really hard to say. How to pick weird quadrants like the East and the Midwest. Um, yeah, those are the weird ones. Uh, I just Kentucky and St. Mary's are the two I trust the most, and then Baylor obviously has great coaching and great talent. Uh, it's hard for me to bet against those three there. It's pretty easy to pin down in the East. Like, it's one of those three. I feel very good about that. Midwest is is a complete clusterfuck. I have no idea about the Midwest at all. That's why I'm going with Auburn. Um, they're the most talented team. They're the team whose ceiling I trust the most. I don't trust their three seed or their four seed at all. Um, I don't really trust their one seed as, as far as one seeds go. And I do think that that eight, matchup uh with kansas is is really brutal for kansas um yeah so but but again if you want to get really spicy that's the bracket to do it in like if, if you think there's a world in which 
San, South Dakota State or San Diego State or Colgate could make a, like an Elite Eight or Final Four. Like Those sorts of things are only going to happen in the Midwest this year, I would think. I mean, I, I don't want to say only. They could happen somewhere else. They're most likely in the Midwest. I'll put it that way, uh, Duke Monty. Uh, Mark uh, asking, if Duke and Davidson play in the second round, what adjustment does Duke have to make for the game to go better than the ones against Miami and Virginia Tech? Well, playing defense would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, we have to defend. It's it's very uncomplicated. If we can make them take tough shots, we win. If they take easy shots like they like Miami did, like Virginia Tech did, we will lose. We'll lose. You know, there's no world in which we win that game if we don't play top fifty defense. I know it's a very small sample size, but in March we are the two hundred and sixth ranked defense. It's abysmal. It's it's inexcusable. So we need to go back to being a top 40 defense. If we do that and we have the capability to do so, then then we should do that. <laughs> we should defend. And, and we should adjust. If things aren't working against Davidson, then we need to make adjustments, tangible, noticeable adjustments on the floor, be they roster adjustments, be they scheme adjustments. Something has to change. And there hasn't been a lot of that this year. Chase Timmons asking, how important is the play of Keels going to be for a Duke Final Four run? I mean, very if if he's bad, that's bad news for us. Um, if he's good, if he's the the the, T, the Trevor Keels of the Kentucky game, great news for us. We'll probably go to the Final Four if he plays that way. Um, yeah, I, we just need him playing his game. Uh, he's going to take some shots that aren't great. He's going to force it a little bit. He's a volume scorer. That's fine. I want him getting downhill, especially against a team like Texas Tech. We've got to get him going to the rim and not settling for threes, um, which he's capable of doing. He is by far, in my opinion, the best wing guard we have in terms of a physical downhill create for self sort of player. Wendell is good at, at creating for others. He's a good standstill three shooter. He's, you know, decent in some of those mid-range things. But in terms of, like, getting to the rim in traffic, Trevor Keels is our best option out of the guards and wings for that. So we really, really need that if we want to make it past the first weekend. Where do I post these? I post these, uh, Chris Park, I post these on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'll post some links later. What teams in the West region are most suited to pick us apart with pick and roll and off-ball screens? You know... The off-ball screens has been a problem, and Davidson will definitely do a lot of that. Um, I think there's no question Davidson will do that. Gonzaga will do that. Uh, most of the rest of the West won't. Uh, I don't really trust most of the West in terms of, like, if it's a good offense, then it's because they have good isolation offense scorers like Arkansas, like Alabama. Uh, they move the ball pretty well, too, but they're not really they're, – they're more of an ISO offense than a cut team, at least from what I've seen uh, – you know, maybe maybe things have changed. Uh, but there's a lot of defensive-minded teams uh, outside of Gonzaga and Davidson. Uh, and Gonzaga's a really good defensive team as well, thanks to Chet. Uh, Davidson's the big challenge there, I think. Um, they're just so smart. They're just so well-coached. But, like, they, we, we will have them very outmatched athletically. I mean, take Virginia Tech and, like, you know, divide by two the athleticism, and that's Davidson. So, you know, we, we've got to do some stuff there. Um, but pick and roll, I've seen a lot of people being like, we don't defend the pick and roll. Until March, we were a top 15 team in the country in defending pick and roll action uh, per synergy. It's, now, it's the dribble handoffs that are real bad. It's certainly the off-ball uh, 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 cuts and things of that nature. We're, we're just real bad away from the ball. 
But uh, in terms of pick and roll, I, we've got the bodies to do it. Mark is also a pretty good defender in space in the pick and roll. Like, yeah, he got abused against UNC, like in one game. But generally speaking, he's got the speed and the length to recover at least somewhat capably on some of those things. I do think it'll be interesting to see what we do with Mark uh, against Davidson. Uh, assuming Davidson gets there. If it's Michigan State, then great. <laughs> if if it's Michigan State, then great. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Michigan State to beat Duke when they don't really have any pro players. Uh, they'll have a good scheme. They always do. They'll they'll play pretty tough. Um, I, I, I just think that Duke can get it going. And historically, K owns Izzo. Uh, I think that's all the questions that I saw. Okay. Sorry for the rant. Sorry for that this one went so long. I hope you all enjoyed this. I am very, very sorry that I do not have a, a finale that ends with Duke's going to win the final. How great. I would say the Duke can win the final. Um, there should be – wait a minute. What's the – Nate Silver normally has – not that he's like, you know, uh, a brilliant guy in certain things that, that said uh, the odds that they create for uh, the final four – and the title are usually pretty solid. Uh, he has Duke as a 3% uh, chance of winning the tournament. So that sounds really low, but like let's compare that to Gonzaga is by far and away the favorite to win the tournament at 538, and they're at 27%. So, you know, that's not great. Um, we have the same percentage likelihood as Texas Tech. We have the same percentage likelihood as Baylor. Um as UCLA, uh, it does like Kansas. I think it likes Kansas just because there's going to be so much chaos in that bracket. Uh, it also likes Auburn, you know, like fourth most, maybe fifth most. Uh, it definitely likes Arizona. It likes Villanova. Yeah, it probably has us uh, around 10th. Oh, wait, I've got a list right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so like basically tied for eighth in terms of in terms of winning it all. Um Oh, actually, even less than that. These are rounded numbers. <laughs> the 538 doesn't like us that much, gang. Uh, but the important thing here is that 598 does have us at a 97% chance to make the second round and a 71% chance to make the Sweet 16. Uh, I really like that. Um, that makes me feel pretty good. And again, 71% chance to make the Sweet 16 uh, ties for like fourth or fifth? Fifth. Um, so again, that's, that's really good. They like our draw there. Uh, really just, uh, I think our numbers are as low as they are because, uh, they view Gonzaga very, very highly, obviously. And they view the Texas tech matchup. The fact that we're going to have to play a coin flip game in the sweet 16 just lowers our odds pretty significantly at winning at all. But 3% is not nothing. We have the most talent in the field. That's definitely true. And I would say that we probably have the highest ceiling of any team in the field. So if we can eradicate the variability in our play, if we can actually play on the defensive side of the ball, if we can dis uh, show discipline and chemistry, and if we can show the capacity for the coaching staff to make in-game adjustments when things go hard, I know that this is a lot of asks, but if we can do these things, then we can absolutely win the title because Duke better. And even if not, Duke's still better. <laughs> I don't care. There's, I'm going to wrap this up with the, with the conversation that we had the other day uh, about 
recruiting and the one and done style and whatever. There is no replacement for talent. If you look at schools like Villanova and Virginia schools that have experienced teams that won it all, they have many years where they have a five seed or a four seed or a six seed or a nine seed, or they miss the tournament entirely. We have missed the tournament once in the last 20 years. We've had a, a seed lower than five once. Whereas Villanova and Virginia have had those things happen like eight, nine times. Like the the variability when you are relying on taking lesser talent and, and developing it into elite college talent. I mean, that's what we tried to do with Greg Paulus, right? Like, like it doesn't, it doesn't always work out the way that we really want it to, where they become this transcendent talent where every, where all the chemistry is perfect. Plus more and more kids are leaving early now. Anyways, uh, there are more and more professional leagues available for players uh, NIL is going to maybe make some kids stay in school. That would be great. Um, I'm certainly on the record as thinking it won't just be Jeremy Roach returning back to school. That's all conjecture. Uh, I, I think there will be plenty of motivation. So I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. But I, I do not think that the path forward involves switching to the style of recruiting that Villanova does, that Virginia does, that these schools that rely exclusively on the experience over talent, because even though their ceiling might be a little higher, maybe if literally everything goes right, the odds of everything going right every single year are very, very small, incredibly small. Whereas if we have the most talented team in the field every year, we will be a title contender every year. I just don't think the Duke fans would settle for over a 20-year span, in 8 to 10 of those years, we are not even close to title contention. Like, this is a year that that people are panicked about. People are panicked about this year, and we're still probably a top, like, 7 or 8 title contender this year. I would say we are a better title contender than Villanova this year. <laughs> but nobody wants to talk about that. They just don't like one-and-dones. But then they ignore the fact that Auburn is being led by a one-and-done, right? That Arizona has zero games of tournament experience. You know, Kentucky has, like, roughly the same tournament experience that we do. Auburn doesn't really have tournament experience. They're playing really well. You don't see see them, you know, having a fan base where they're like, man, you know what we want? Less talent. We want more experience over talent. We want a a six foot three four star who can barely defend, but maybe by junior senior year he'll have a positive assist to turnover ratio and will shoot thirty eight percent from three. Get out of here! Give me the talent, man. I want the talent. I need the talent. Anyway. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Duke Better. Sorry again. This is another slightly ranty episode in spots. Uh, if you have questions for me at any point, please do uh, just reach out on Twitter. I engage with people a lot. Um, I will be probably tweeting and, and living and whatever after the games, uh, except for after the loss, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel. might be a tough year this year for that, uh, assuming that it happens, which it may not. But if it does happen, it's going to be tough. Um, and, gang, uh, 
just be nice to one another and accept the fact that Tennessee uh, deserved a two seed and we didn't, but by the grace of God go we, and we should try to exploit this gift that we have been given and then spend all offseason screaming about how much the selection committee is a joke and how they need to change how they do things. So, uh, I'm Russell. Uh, this has been Duke by the Numbers. Go to hell, Carolina. What are we talking about here?